you are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena, my pronouns are she, her. Hi everyone, excited to be here. Monica McCowan, my pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. When we left off last time, Jules and Val had broken up. Don't worry, folks. There is a happy ending. They get back together again. But in the meantime, there's going to be lots and lots of misery that we are going to be miserable about. So now we see Val on the way to her sister's office and drinking a lot. We know nothing good is going to come out of this. We also cut then to Jules, who is sitting in her room, very tragic, looking sad, asks her mother to give her some time and leave her alone while she relives the fight she had with Val in which they broke up. So we hear like the voices in her head. Uh, it's devastating. But in this shot, because you love a good shot, she is wearing, she is still wearing the necklace that Valentina gave her. And it is very prominent in this shot. And why wouldn't she be? She still loves Val. I mean, she broke up for stupid reasons, not because she doesn't love her. All right, so here is your scene, Monica. You have all the feels about this one. Val walks in and starts confronting her sister. Oh, man. It's so upsetting and so sad, but, I mean, Valentina is just on one. She's kind of drunk, and she barges into the Carvajal offices where Ava is having a meeting with somebody there and immediately she's like how dare you show up to where Juliana is staying and talk to her and before you know when they had the conversation at the house it was tense it wasn't a great conversation and Valentina didn't back down but there was still a little bit of like a civility to it compared to what we see in this scene where Valentina is just going off she's not really in control of her emotions anymore she's telling Ava that she's insane and again she's doing this in front of another person who works at Carvajal so it's more problematic to Ava because she's kind of being put on blast in front of somebody else. And I think that that's very important to note. I think that that's also very purposeful on Val's part, because I think she's just, the time for civility has passed. If you could literally go to my girlfriend's house and start yelling at her and calling her all sorts of names, why should I respect the fact that you're at work now? I mean, I think to be fair, at this point, Valentina would have, like, barged in if Ava was in a bathroom stall and let her have it. You know, yeah. she she gets in the car, she's drinking, she knows exactly where she's going. The next scene that we see her after that, she is stomping into the office. It's kind of cool because the shot's got a bit of a power dynamic, which is like a reverse of when they argued previously, where her sister's sitting down, Val is sort of standing over her, there's a lot of gesturing and loud voices, just like a raised voice coming from Val. Her sister's trying desperately to keep her cool in front of this person from the office and to keep maintain some kind of like professional facade. <laughs> so Val says to the guy who's sitting with Ava, she says, 
my sister's bothered because I like girls. She's doing what Ava really doesn't want people to, to know. So she's just spilling the beans. Oh, yeah. She has nothing left to lose. Yeah, this is very much like Valentina, I'm going to burn it all to the ground, Carvajal, because there's hope for them. We've talked many times about how this all ends, but this is a very bleak point for her because she has just been confronted with so much. She's been rejected by her friends. She's been rejected by her sister. And now she's been rejected by Juliana. So this is like... Up until this point, the biggest rock bottom that she's experienced. And yeah, I just love that she does that. She outs herself to this guy who, with the, the Juliantina scenes, I don't know if he's a player in any any other scenes. He's definitely an employee. He's not an external like person here for a meeting. But yeah, you can see Ava, like when she sees what Valentina is gearing up to do, she's trying to get her to stop. And then Valentina just turns to him and, you know, lays it all on the table. And I absolutely love it. She is, yeah. Oh yeah, she has no more uh, restraint. None. You're 100% right. Burn it to the ground. And eventually Ava snaps and she's like, shut up already, Valentina. It's enough. She's trying to sort of, you know, put on her stern mommy voice. And then she asks the dude to leave and he, he looks a little reluctant. He was rather enjoying the family drama, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets up and goes, and then this shot. Oh man. And then she starts crying. You want to talk about that? Yeah, it's just, it's so sad and so sweet. And people very much have like different situations when they come out where sometimes they feel more comfortable being in a relationship and they're like, hey, I'm with this person versus I know that I'm queer or not straight in some way. And even if I'm not with somebody, like I'm confident in that and need to tell you that. And she's you know, she's going on the line of, you know, this is confusing and new for me, but I know that I love this person right now. And she does say, you know, I like girls before. So she's doing a really good job of kind of covering all the bases in spite of Ava's complete unwillingness to to hear her out and to kind of accept her or talk with her about it. But yeah, she's she's hit that point of drunk where she's very sad, she's crying, and she doesn't get why Ava can't understand. And I think a lot of times anger is an easier emotion than hurt and pain, but that's what you're starting to see shine through because I think in this scene it's all kind of hitting her that Juliana doesn't want her and Valentina feels like it's mostly because of her family. So she's mad at Ava, but she's also really, really hurt that this is happening. But still, you know, she's very honest with Ava that she loves Juliana and she thinks that she's a wonderful woman and a wonderful person. And it just hurts her that Ava is unwilling to see that. She says it's not woman, it's just one woman. I'm in love with one woman. And... Ava's just shuts her down. You're confused. You don't know what you're saying or what you feel. Ugh. Ava. Yeah, I mean, this scene goes there. Like, they they do a really good job. And then they get into this fight where Ava's saying, you're confused. And they keep going back and forth on that. And 
you know, I love Valentina because she does not back down. She is not confused about this. And maybe she's confused on how to deal with her relationship with Juliana, which is why she pulled back a little bit when everything hit the fan. But she is not confused about the fact that she loves Juliana. And I don't think Jules is confused about that either. I think Jules is pretty clear on that. I think that's why it hurts so much. I just think Jules is not ready to deal with all the family drama around that. Right. And we're, we're here because we both like the show very much and fangirl about it. Um, but just from a high level in terms of representation, they really do such a wonderful job of covering so many bases. You know, it starts with this very real internal character motivations about their own fear, but then they get over that uh, and do decide that they want to be together and they get to have, you know, like 10 shiny happy minutes before everything starts falling apart, which is then we start to see the external familial dynamics pushing in on them and creating kind of this powder keg situation. And then we're going to go even beyond that when we get farther into the show where it's going to become like societal stuff and just crazy things like kidnappings. But, you know, right now we're, we're still here at this very real, very present familial rejection, but it's coming from other people. It's, it's kind of like other people are keeping them apart right now. Val is pretty sure that Jules is out of the relationship because of a direct effect of what Ava did. So she's confronting that. She wants to change Ava's mind. She, th I think she feels that if Ava changes her mind and accepts Jules, that they can be together again. Right. Because really, you can make an argument that Valentina should be going back to Juliana and saying again, you know, no, I think that we should fight this together. I don't care what Ava says. I love you and I want to be with you. Um, but I think they've already kind of done that. Um, and Juliana does not seem to want to go down that path. And Ava is very intimidating, uh, you know, and the fact that she came there and kind of told Juliana off and told her exactly what she thought of her. Um, Val gets it, but she doesn't really get it because she wasn't there. And Ava really impugned Juliana as a person and really just, you know, basically did not mince words that she thinks that she is using her and that she will never be good enough for Valentina. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And you're not welcome anywhere near us. And uh, so during this argument, Ava and Val are having, Val turns around and says, you're not my dad, so stop. And I think that's important. You're just trying to draw the line. You're not a parent. You're my sister. And then Ava says, I'm not your dad, but you listen to me very carefully. That relationship you have is over. And then there's a moment where Val is struck with the reality that it is. It is over. And she just takes this breath and you can just see she just crumples. And she says, yes, it's, it is over. She doesn't want to see me and I can't fault her. And I think throughout all of this, Ava's still in a very strange, twisted way trying to protect her sister. I think she genuinely believes that Jules is just out for the money. I don't think she can comprehend that people from a different class structure cannot be out for the money. Right. 
And I think she very much sees it as her role to keep the family together and protect what they have. And yeah, it's, you know, everything, because Huli and Tina is having their own story, but they are just one of a huge ensemble cast that is going through a lot right now. And Ava's doing some crazy shady stuff on the side, which is going to intersect with the Huli and Tina storyline in a little bit. But, you know, I think in, to your point, in their world, that is the case a lot. It's not crazy to think that somebody who comes out of nowhere and that they meet on the park, like, you know, we call it soulmates, but Ava calls it a situation too good to be true. That you meet this girl when you're at your most vulnerable and she somehow fills this hole that you have in your heart and then suddenly you've never been interested in women, but you fall in love with her. And Ava, to Valentina's point earlier, has not taken the time to get to know Juliana. So they both really do this, you know, this is a very good conversation on the perspective that two people have of the same situation. Based on the information they have, they both do believe that they they have an accurate representation of what's happening. Not just based on the information they have, based on the kind of people they are. Ava's doing some sh shady stuff. So why would Jules not be doing some shady stuff, right? Isn't it always yeah. people who are the shady ones that like to call out everybody else? Today is sponsored to you by Projection. <laughs> <laughs> and Val just straight up blames Ava and says to her, Juliana didn't like the way you said she was a thief and, and you know, the things you called her. And Ava crumples back and she also starts to cry and now they're both crying and holding hands and it's it's such a a sister moment because you can fight with your sister and you can have like the biggest arguments and you can be on polar opposite spaces but she's still your sister yeah and then ava pulls val in for a hug and val is just devastated yeah you know this idea of the person that hurt you is comforting you. Um, I think that that's a very real thing and it's difficult to grapple with. But yeah, that's their their relationship. And it's about who Valentina is as a person that she wants to accept love from people. And she doesn't want to live her life angry. But they just they do not see eye to eye on this. And even with Ava comforting her, you know, she expects that things will eventually go back to normal. That is what she's telling Valentina while she's comforting her, which isn't quite what Valentina wants to hear, even though they had this nice moment, even if it's tinged with hurt. Ava never really shows you who she is, especially in the interactions that we see with Juliantina, which is the majority of what, you know, people listening to this podcast are watching. So you don't ever know if you can trust her because she does very untrustworthy things. And that compared to 
the way Juliana and Valentina have always acted not only with one another, but just generally in their lives. They're very stand-up individuals. Why would you trust Ava? Like, I, yeah, everything she does, I just have to look at it through a lens of what is she getting out of it. And then her character motivations make a lot more sense. Absolutely. And Ava thinks it's all kind of grand and dandy. You can see her facial expressions. She feels like, okay, she's won this argument. And then Jules leans back a little bit, looks Ava straight in the eyes and said to her, I hope you're lonely and everything that happens from here on out is your responsibility, Ava. And there's like a threat in this. There's like a, you have made your bed. And then we hold for a moment on Ava's face. She's not a happy girl. You can see that this argument actually really took it out of her. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Sergio messaged Jules, I think when she was sitting on the bed crying just now and said you know let's meet up for coffee yeah i mean again i it was sergio it's same stuff different day you know where i don't put him exactly in the same camp as ava because i think he's more ignorant than malicious um but i do think that you know the majority of his character is centered around like what something can kind of do for him and I think it's easy because there are so many scenes god bless the show uh and interactions you know we forget things like once he realized Juliana was poor he didn't want anything to do with her and it wasn't until he saw her in the dress at the party where he was suddenly back on like team Juliana and interested in getting to know her. So this this show does a lot with character growth and story arcs and giving people the the chance to learn and change. But you know, I think at this point watching it there's no reason you would expect that he's really changed yet. And I think furthermore, you know, I just look at this as like a plot device so that Juliana can have a conversation with somebody who knows about the situation. To me, that is his function in the middle part of the show, which is why I'm okay with him existing. <laughs> so my take on the whole Sergio thing at this point is I think he felt really bad for what happened to Val at school and he's trying to make up for that. That's what I think is going on here. And so he's Perhaps. trying to <laughs> all right anyway so he asks <laughs> Sergio asks Jules if her mother knows about her and Val and Jules says no and they're not going to either and then he discovers that they've broken up and oh her, her face in this is beautiful as she's telling it you can see she's sort of holding back that flood of emotion you know yeah and I really love that she uses the words broke up because they never say they were together, even to each other. They make a pact. And then Juliana says on the park bench, let's agree not to look for each other anymore, which I still think is like the most interesting phrasing in the world. But, you know, to Sergio, she says we broke up. I can't help wondering if the let's not look for each other, though, is just a, a translation issue. I don't know. We can ask. If you're listening to this uh, and you have watched it and you understand Spanish, let us know. Mm. Email us on podcast at thelesbiantalkshow.com. And uh, if it is a translation issue, tell us what it actually says. 
or if there isn't a way to say it, then sort of give us the gist of it. So Sergio is kind of being supportive and he's saying to Jules uh, that Ava is very intense, but you guys are old enough and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and he is actually giving her comforting platitudes that when she says she knows what happened to Valentina at school, you know, he says, yeah, but this stuff kind of has a a very short memory. They're going to get over it soon. And whether or not that's true, that's a nice, comforting thing to say to somebody in the moment. So I will completely acknowledge that. But the the bigger problem, because at the point we're at in the show, we're just going to go from problem to problem. Like we think we see a small light at the end of the tunnel and it is just going to get engulfed in darkness. Uh, and we're going to do this for a period of time. So your heart is going to go through it. And I think that's, again, one of the things that this show does so well and we are at the point where they've broken up but they could still they could still fight it if they wanted to even though Juliana doesn't know it Valentina's kind of washing her hands of Ava as Hules is having this conversation with Sergio but now there's there's a bigger problem looming on the horizon there's this problem that's kind of always been there but they were able to avoid it which is that you know, her mom's not really safe in this city because things are still going on with the cartel and they still want to kill her. Um, and staying in the city was never really a permanent solution. Well, that is true. And so she tells Sergio, she says she wants to get out of the city. And even then he's supportive about it. He asks why and she says, well, my mom is sick. And he's like, you know, where do you want to go? And then he suggests Costa Rica because he went there for a while and it was great. He got, you know, a job and a place to live. And he's explaining he can hook uh, them up with his contact there, see if he's got some work for them. And he shows her pictures and he's just generally quite like, you know, supportive of the whole process. He asks her when she wants to leave and there's this pause because I think the reality of actually leaving is very, very different to just knowing that you need to leave, you know? Yeah. And then she says as soon as possible. And that, that moment when you're watching it for the first time, that moment is heart wrenching. You can't leave. You can't leave. Yeah. That was not a fun time watching the show. Guys. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was wondering today, why on earth did I put myself through this, Sheena? What were you thinking, woman? (laughs) And I mean, yeah, watching it live was just the worst thing in the world, especially because, I mean, I probably understand about 20% of the show, but it wasn't subtitled when it was playing live. So you can see their faces and they're so expressive, but then you would like have Twitter open so that people would be live tweeting what was actually happening. And then, you know, the next morning, the, the subtitled episodes would be released by incredibly kind and wonderful humans who put them together so that English uh, speaking viewers could understand what was happening. But yeah, it was intense. So then you would have to wait. Luckily, the show was on Monday through Friday, five nights a week. So you didn't have to wait a whole week. But even just waiting during the day was terrible. And there was a lot of speculation about what would happen at any given time. Sounds like fun times, Monica. It was. It was frantic. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is why still to this day, I'm so enamored with this show because there really is something to be said you know you can 
absolutely enjoy a show after it's aired and get into something later. But shows that you feel very strongly about, I think a lot of the times are because you went through it in real time and you didn't kind of have that like Netflix binge mentality where you could just watch it all in one sitting and you didn't have to feel you felt the angst of watching it but you didn't have to feel the angst of waiting to know what was going to happen um and I think you know I talked many many episodes ago about how I knew what Klexa was but I had never watched the show those scenes when they were happening live um and the fact that a conference came out of it and the people still talk about it it's like this standard of effing up lgbt representation on television um because i think people were just truly shocked when they watched that episode and it happened and we're just not expecting it and then you know discussed it and ruminated on it and had to wait to see where the show was going to go uh, and it was this very drawn out emotionally draining process that show was a turning point in the lgbtqia media space because it changed everything the fan reactions changed everything anyway back to juliantina um, okay, so now we are sitting at the breakfast table or dinner table or some sort of table. They're making something with vegetables. Uh, and it's Lupe and... Looks like a salsa, tools. perhaps. I, I can't actually tell. It looks like onion and tomato, maybe? Yeah, so maybe it is a salsa. Yes. And they've got like lots of little bowls of stuff. I think Jules is about to... Yeah, she is. She's about to broach the subject of Costa Rica with her mother. And the reason for this is she knows that um, Ava is not going to let them stay there. And that's the problem. Her mom doesn't know that yet, but she knows that Ava is not going to let them stay there. And she knows that now that she has air quotes broken up with Valentina, she kind of has a chance to just move on and pretend like this has never happened. So her moving on and pretending like this never happened hangs on this idea that her mom never finds out. So she has to get her mom to agree to leave before Ava kicks them out. Right. And that's kind of what the catalyst for the situation is. Shouldn't be too hard though, considering that the her mother is kind of squirrely after finding out about the uh, dead dude who was sent to kill them. Yeah, the dead hitman. That's right, the dead hitman. From a non-US perspective, I really laughed when Lupe said, like, she doesn't want to go back to America. It's so funny for me because, you know, America is often portrayed as, like, the, the place you want to go. And she's saying not American. I know they come from America, so there's, like, a history there. But I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious. Gave me a good laugh. Not that I don't love you Americans. I mean, Americans don't really love Americans right now, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so then she's talking about Costa Rica, and she's saying, you know, a friend told me about it. Mom's suspicious, though, because she's like, so when have you had, since when have you had a change of heart? Lupe knows her daughter. She knows something's going up on, and so she's trying to fish for it. 
not even fish. She straight up says something is going on with you and you don't want to tell me. It's not subtle because she knows how intent Juliana was on staying here. And yeah, she doesn't know why, but she knows that it's strange that she's done a complete 180. And not only that, Juliana is not just floating the idea of leaving. She's coming to her with a plan complete with pictures of where she wants them to go, which has absolutely not been her tone thus far. She's been doing everything she possibly can to make it possible for them to stay. Absolutely. And the entire time that Lupe is looking at the pictures on Jules's phone, she's sort of side eyeing her like, what's going on? Up until now, Jules and Lupe have had a very close, open relationship. They've been, you know, us against the world, kind of literally to running for their lives sort of stuff. But stuff has changed recently. And Lupe, I think, is uncomfortable with the fact that Jules is not telling her something. Yeah. So then Jules, then we see Jules in the back of the car on the way home and Illyria pulls over because the road is blocked and a dude walks up with a gun, holds holds it to the window and makes her wind the window down. Everybody has a black SUV. So there is now a little parade of three black SUVs. Valentina is obviously being kidnapped and this very much fits in canon with the show. It's a huge problem in Mexico, especially for people in valentina's social status so we the viewer don't exactly know why this is happening we see a bunch of armed guys in the corner so then one of the armed guys says now what's servando what's next and he this big sort of mob boss dude is sitting in the back seat next to Val. we don't know exactly what's happening now but they're guns there's a lot of these guys and they're trying to get into val's compound thing and that is where we're going to stop for today. Poor baby Valentina. So you'll have to tune in next week to hear what happens next. Dum dum dum. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online, uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan, and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website, www.monicamccallan.com. But for sure, if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff, Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us. <laughs>